0: Good morning. Welcome to worship here at Grace Church of Mentor. We're so glad that you could join us this morning from your living rooms uh, nearby and from across the country. We're looking forward to a wonderful time of worship together uh, today, and we're so glad that you could be with us. We want to begin with a word of prayer and then uh, head to enjoying uh, instructing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs in our homes together this morning as we continue with two hymns and sing and lift our voices to the Lord as we begin. So would you join me in prayer this morning? And we'll look forward to rejoicing together in song. Father in heaven, we love you. Thank you so much for this opportunity to be together for worship. We ask, Lord, that your hand would be upon the preaching of your word this morning. Uh, that you would lift up our hearts and instruct us as we sing together uh, your truth. I pray, Lord, for those who would even long to live stream this morning that don't have access to that. And some can't even call in and enjoy that. And some are just too weak to even try I pray, Lord, that their hearts would be um, strengthened this morning in the inner man. We know, Lord, that you're able to renew them, even though they can't join us today. And we ask that you would do just that. As we continue forward, everything that you hear and see, as we worship from our homes together, be acceptable in your sight, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, let's sing together this morning as we continue. Let's stand together.
1: 299, 299, song of assurance, those who are in Christ, shake off your guilty fears, the bleeding sacrifice on our behalf appears, let's sing 299. 299.
0: opportunity uh, for you to sing together in your homes. I stand here in our auditorium and we miss those voices that surround us, instructing our own hearts as pastors, but uh, those words certainly still do uh, teach us, don't they? And we're so thankful that in Christ our souls can arise and move forward, and we're so grateful for that. We have some special things in store for you this morning. Uh, in just a little bit, we're going to be having a testimony from our missionaries, the Camposes in Spain. They sent me this uh, video testimony uh, about two weeks into the outbreak there in Spain, and their particular part of Spain has been ravaged ravaged by uh, COVID-19. I mean, really ravaged. And I just want you to be encouraged by what you hear from them. And I think what you'll be equally encouraged by other than their words is the disposition that they have. It's a very, very calm, spirit-filled disposition uh, that I learned from as I watched the video. I have to admit, I watched the video three times. It was uh, so instrumental in my own life. I know you'll enjoy that, and we'll enjoy that together uh, just right after uh, our brief family time uh, here together. Then following that, we'll have a testimony and a children's ministry hello from uh, Zach and Bethany Miley. Uh, And then uh, we'll have a call to worship. We'll just have a song sung for us uh, by the Richards family. And that'll be our call to worship as we prepare our hearts to hear God's word uh, this morning. Uh, So as we move on this morning, I just want to I'll let you know that if you are interested in becoming a member here at Grace Church of Mentor, uh, we are going to have and commence a membership class uh, before uh, we probably are able to begin convening again together as a church family. So, if you would just text me, email me at Pastor Tim at GraceChurchMentor.org, Pastor Tim at GraceChurchMentor.org we can have that membership class over Zoom and let us know that you're interested. You can call the office and letting one of the pastors know that you're interested in becoming a member. We'll contact you and formalize a class time uh, together. Also, um, I had the opportunity to have a a phone call with about 500 other pastors uh, this week. And it was a phone call that... um, Uh, involved um, some officials in Washington, D.C. and uh, they laid out for us uh, the opening of America again, gradually, and I think those are just federal guidelines that each state is going to take uh, based on the, um, the level of virus infection in their states and in their parts of their states, they're gonna take those guidelines and apply them state to state. It was a really, really good meeting. Um, This week, um, I'm having a uh, Zoom meeting uh, with uh, six area pastors, and we are going to be having a meeting with our two local state representatives. And then next week, we're also having a meeting with our congressman, Dave Joyce, to find out from them and from our government and from our governor how this three-phase plan is going to practically apply to us as churches and then as we have been doing uh, working with our own public health officials and uh, frontline workers and our own assembly here at grace church um, asking god for wisdom how we can take information from dc uh, from our state from our local and even from our uh, health care workers in our church put all that together in a reasonable reentry plan for us beginning in the month of May. And uh, so we have a lot to do and a little bit of time, but we're excited to begin, uh, God willing, uh, before May 1st, detailing for you by way of short videos and emails from us how we're going to begin to work together to regather together and do the right thing uh, the right way. So pray for us. And pray for each other as we uh, commence to look forward to seeing each other's faces again, which I know we're all longing to do. Uh, We'll look forward to that uh, for sure. I want to thank you for uh, joining, uh, by way of Facebook Live, uh, Joe Jackson's graveside service on Friday. Kathy was tremendously encouraged to know that all of you were there with us and with her. Uh, Last time I looked, I believe that uh, that service has been viewed about 1,300 times already, and that's just in a couple days. And I'm sure that's going to continue to um, increase. uh, Just a testimony, too, of how God uses gospel light And the testimony of even one saint, even after they've breathed their last, God continues to use their desire as ambassadors for the gospel to get the gospel out to hundreds. Uh, So we praise God again for uh, the life of Joe, and we thank God so much for um, just a spirit-filled, persevering, loving, gracious wife in Kathy. And um, they've been such a tremendous encouragement to us and example for us for decades to come. And uh, I just want to let the uh, Jackson family know, too, that we continue to pray for you. And it was wonderful to see you at the graveside. And please let us know if there's anything that we can do to spiritually encourage uh, you as well. Okay? We're going to move forward at this time and have an opportunity to hear from the Camposes from Spain. And this morning, um, Pastor Kent Hobie is going to be preaching God's Word to you. Uh, I felt uh, during this time that uh, you should hear from all four of us as pastors, and uh, we've heard from Pastor Steve and from Pastor Mike in evening live streams, you've heard from me in morning live streams. I've tried to take the first six, seven weeks as pastor here to address you personally and um, what, God, what, what part of God's word he's using in my life that I convey to you to try to find comfort and consistent direction. And this morning, uh, Pastor Hobie uh, has a message God's laid on his heart from his word that I know will be a tremendous encouragement to your hearts, as uh, uh, his preaching uh, usually is for mine. All right? So, again, let's have a word of prayer and dedicate the preaching of God's word uh, to God, and then we'll hear from the Camposes. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would undertake for Pastor Hobie this morning as he preaches your word. Uh, We pray, Lord, that all of us, as I'm sure uh, we're already prepared to hear it, if not, Lord, that our hearts would be prepared to hear from heaven, from your word. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We know the Lord Jesus said in John 17 in his high priestly prayer that there's no other way for us to be sanctified other than by the agent of God's Word. We know the Apostle Paul said the same thing in Ephesians 5. We are washed and we're cleansed by that healing agent of the Word of God. And um, certainly, Lord, it is more precious to us, as the psalmist said in Psalm 19 than the finest gold and the purest honey. So take your word, Lord, uh, and by your Spirit's help, make its truth significant to our hearts personally as we do everything we can to continue to persevere with joy uh, during this crisis. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Again, let's hear from the Campos at this time. I know your hearts are going to be tremendously encouraged. We'll have a word of testimony from the Mileys and some scripture reading, possibly there. And uh, then we'll have the call to worship by the Richards, and Pastor Hobie will preach. Let's uh, hear from Spain.
2: Hello, dear people. Greetings Hi. from Spain. From Spain. Um, many of you have asked about our situation in Spain and how we were doing and we have thought that this will be a nice way to get in touch touch with you. As you know, the coronavirus situation is a really very bad situation. The government has called for a state of alarm, and they are closing the borders with Spain and Portugal, and also ordering people to stay in their homes. Uh, At least at this point, by law, We cannot get out from our home for at least 15 days.
3: Yes, this situation is very critical. Um, More than uh, 11,000 cases, and to this moment, 510 people have died. And it seems that this number will be growing up for at least 10 more days. Uh, We cannot leave our homes, and um, only for... um, buying groceries and going to the pharmacy. But we can't see our families, our parents, our daughters. Mm, They are fine. They are doing fine. And everybody's trying to get ways to use their time mm, the best way as possible. Um, But, (laughs) yes. (laughs) But sometimes the Lord gives us special things, like we have a precious cherry tree that we can see from our window uh, and all is in blossom Um, it is a reminder of the care that God has upon nature and upon our lives and every time that we open our window we can see the white flowers there
2: Yeah, also is a time uh, to be at home everything has stopped and the only thing we can hear now is God's speaking to us, saying that He loves us that He has given us His peace in our hearts that we are His children, that He is the King of Kings that He rules and everything is going to be okay. It's a difficult time but everything is going to be okay. We have faith in Him He has given us his holy spirit he has given his peace to us and we are at home we are at home with him and we know that it's going to be okay Uh, from spain we send you our love and thank you for praying for us and also we will be praying for you
3: yes because you are facing the same situation that we are it seems For the news we hear that you are like five days behind us, but you will be at the same point that we are, and we are praying together.
2: Yeah, we are praying together. Mm -hmm. Take care. um, Be with your family, and and be with the Lord. May the Lord bless you, and from here we send you our deep love to you. And we say that we love you. Thank you very much. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless you.
4: Good morning, Grace Church. Zach and Bethany Miley here. I wanted to give a quick shout-out to my fellow teachers in the Grace community and encourage you with a verse that has been encouraging to me during these times. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And um, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of what-ifs and changes where it's easy for my mind to um, focus on the what-ifs and the anxiety of the unknown. But I've been encouraged just to focus on Christ, and He alone can give me peace during these times of uncertainty and the changes to distance learning. So I just wanted to share that verse with you.
1: We also wanted to make a special shout-out to some of the kids that we work with. Uh, we've had the opportunity over the last few months here to uh, be working with the Sunday School For the middle school group, and then we also work with the twos and threes. So we hope that you guys are all paying attention to your parents and not bugging your siblings too much, um, enjoying whatever time you do get outside. Um, But I know that this is a very confusing time, uh, not just for you guys, but also for your parents. Um, And I wanted to remind you of something that we talked about uh, a few months ago. I know it's been a little bit, but hopefully you still remember. Uh, We talked about Abraham, and we talked about how in Sunday school, how he in Genesis chapter 12, he he was called by God to leave his family and to leave his community and to leave his, his friends and, and to follow God. And God didn't tell him where he would go. He didn't tell him how long it would take. And he didn't even tell him what difficulties he was going to encounter. And as we talked in Sunday school, there was a lot of different things that happened to him. He simply told him that God wanted him to follow him. And that God would provide for them. And a lot of people now have lost their jobs and and you guys aren't able to go to school or or probably even really be able to see your friends or maybe not even be able to get out of the house very much. Uh, We have to wear masks uh, in, in stores. We can't go anywhere. And it's a very confusing time. And I think it's important for us to remember that as Christians, we are not commanded or even expected to understand what is happening. Abraham, I'm sure, had a lot of questions, and I'm sure he was not super comfortable leaving the place that he knew and his friends and his family. I'm also pretty sure that he would have rather liked to have some specific answers to what was going to happen, but God doesn't always give us those answers, and God doesn't always give us a map with every direction on it. Our responsibility as Christians is simply to trust in God that he's in control and to continue following him. So I would encourage you guys to keep trusting God And encourage your parents to do the same. God hasn't forgotten about you. And he still cares a lot about you.
5: Crown him with many crowns.
4: thank you so much uh, Richards and uh, Zach and Bethany and so uh, all well, the Camposes. I'm sure your hearts were encouraged and strengthened and I uh, want to just say thank you for allowing us to tune into your living rooms uh, this this morning I must admit it's a bit of a different feel here in the auditorium and uh But we just want to say thank you so very much for prioritizing worship and prioritizing hearing from the Word of God uh, this morning as we think about the first day of the week. Uh, What a delight uh, to celebrate on Sunday, uh, the very day that Jesus conquered death. He rose again bodily from the dead. And uh, this is the thoughts that we want to have pulsating through our thinking, uh, specifically on the first day of the week. So I hope you're thinking about life. I hope you're thinking about your living hope, your future, uh, that this isn't all there is, thankfully, uh, that there is uh, a rest to be won. We're thanking God that Joe Jackson has won his rest and he is at home in heaven. I'm sure he's sitting down with Bob Potter and maybe Ed Teske and uh, Joy Potter and others uh, and just uh, kibitzing about uh, their time here on earth and reflecting upon Perseverance in the Lord and what Jesus had done in their life to get them through, and and now they're home. They're they're resting, and so thankful for those great thoughts. I hope you're thinking that way uh, this morning. Um, we also want to ask that those of you who are perhaps viewing for the first time, or you're 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 not necessarily a member here at Grace Church of Mentor, and you're sort of um, maybe using this venue as as a window shopping opportunity, is to who we are and what we teach, Uh, we would uh, like to specifically welcome you and say thank you so very much for tuning in. This is a great opportunity uh, to hear what's going on. Perhaps you drive by this building a lot. You know, we've been here for 60 plus years, 70 now, and uh, maybe you've wondered, well, what goes on in there? What secret things are going on in there? Well, no, there's nothing secretive. Um, uh, we're, We're always... Doors are always open here at Grace Church of Menor. Uh, we love you, we're a very simple church. we just simply uh, love God, love the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. we love His word. we love to hear and know and understand truth from the Bible and uh, we we like to share that with one another. we like to disciple each other with an open Bible in between us uh, so we're very very simple that way and uh, we just want to say welcome to you if you're kind of that person and If you'd like a little bit more information, uh, feel free to text to this phone number, 440-255-7045. Again, that's 440-255-7045, just the word welcome. And uh, you'll be prompted uh, if you'd like to receive some information. Perhaps your children are interested in our Wednesday evening, uh, I don't know what you call that, chaos that we have with the kids. Uh, and you'd like them to receive some of the information that we make readily available to our children, please respond to that text when it comes back to you and we'll be sure to get you the information uh, that you'd be interested in. I know Pastor mentioned already about the membership class. I'm sure that if you'd like to kind of peek in on that uh, you're you're more than welcome to do that as well. Just get us your information and we'll, we'll be sure to make sure that happens. But welcome and thank you so very very much for for joining us here, uh, this beautiful, well, it's a gray gray Sunday morning, but it's beautiful in the hearts of God's people. Uh, We have the sunshine of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is the light of the world. And uh, so we can say it is a beautiful day in Christ, and we're thankful for that. So at this time, we'd like to direct our attention to the word of God. And uh, those of you who are in our church family know that when pastor doesn't preach, he's asked us to work our way through the book of Psalms. So what I want you to do is take your Bible and open to Psalm 106, 106. And oh, look, look what's marking my Bible in Psalm 106. Yes, it is that handy-dandy bookmark that our wonderful REACH team provided for us to learn to help to think and to pray for those of our friends who have yet to know Jesus as their Savior. And so there it is. There's all kinds of wonderful... wonderful ideas there and I bet we can add some of our own now that we've walked through this time but I want to thank pastor Mike and the the reach team for putting this together and I trust that you're praying for people for your friends for your neighbors remember the church uh, uh, is we're disciple making group that's what we do Uh, we're and uh, we'll see some of that distinction again this morning as we look at Psalm 106. Now, if you're like me, you look at a Psalm 106 and you say, "Oh my, that, that's that's quite a large Psalm." And um, uh, it, it's basically a history lesson we'll see here. But I'm just going to read uh, Psalm 106. We're just going to read the first um, the first uh, five verses, and and then we're going to jump. <clears throat> To the uh, 44th verse and we'll now we're going to comment on the whole psalm but but we'll definitely just read these portions in our hearing so we're going to uh, read psalm uh one through five and and then we're going to jump all the way uh, to the end of the psalm and there's essentially just a a, a history lesson <clears throat> in between these two uh these two bookends So we'll read this and then we'll pray and ask the Lord for help and then we'll see what He has for us here this morning. So, Psalm 106 Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. Who can speak of the mighty deeds of the Lord or can show forth all His praise? How blessed are those who keep justice, who practice righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, in your favor toward your people. Visit me with your salvation, that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. And then we have the history lesson from the nation of Israel. Then jump all the way down to verse 44. Nevertheless, He looked upon their distress when he heard their cry. And he, that's the Lord Jehovah, he he remembered his covenant for their sake and relented according to the greatness of his loving kindness. He also made them objects of compassion in the presence of all their captors. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the nations to give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting even to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. And with this, we close one of the major sections of the book of Psalms. Um, Obviously, this is in the latter portion of the book of Psalms. And uh, many commentators divide the book of Psalms up, I believe, into five different portions. Uh, This is the end of book four getting ready to go into book five and one of the things that they've observed and it's important for us as we enter into this psalm is to understand that the book of psalms starts very heavy in 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 prayer and supplication and we find a lot of the the um we call the imprecatory psalms in the first portion and 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 uh And then as as the book of Psalms uh, continues, sort of this idea of prayer and deep supplication begins to be replaced by praise, songs of praise and joy. And here in Psalm 106, we're sort of finally transitioning out of that heavy, deep heart of, of prayer And supplication, and we're we're familiar with many of David's uh, psalms there, and and we're now coming into a portion of praise, and and thanksgiving, and we're making that wonderful turn, and uh, we're coming into then the end, the last portion of the book of Psalms that is all about primarily, it's all about praise and adoration. So we want to get that feel as we're looking at this psalm. This is a transition psalm. This is a psalm that's really finally turning that corner. And, uh, and we turn that corner, looking at Psalm 105, where we see the faithfulness of God to his covenant. And now in Psalm 106, we have seen um, uh, uh, really the, the essential issue that God's people really need to wrestle with in order for them to turn that corner in their own life from prayer and heavy supplication. That's certainly appropriate. Uh, but remember, the Lord Jesus Christ says, Come unto me, all you who labor, and I will give you what, Grace Church family? I will give you rest. Uh, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, so the Old Testament saint, uh, it was certainly Jehovah's interest that they would know that as well. So we're going to look at that here uh, uh, this morning. Uh, so let's pray then we'll get started. Father, we thank you so much for the joy of your word, and we look forward to seeing what you have for us here this, this morning from Psalm 106. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. There's a philosopher uh, from Harvard who lived through two world wars. Uh, his name is George Santayana, and he's the one who's credited with that very familiar, very famous idea that those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. You can look up his name, and, and uh, he certainly he was a humanist philosopher, um, a, a man who died without a whole lot of hope. Um, but uh, anyway, he, he observed by common grace this truth and this reality. And, and the psalmist in Psalm 106 apparently is a psalmist who is living in the consequences of Israel's historic uh, uh, habit of misplacing their glory. And he evidently is a, is a man who's living in the captivity, probably under a Babylonian captivity, and he's reflecting now, and he offers this song, this song that we're to reflect on and, and uh, to, to marvel at and to rejoice in. And uh, the psalmist challenges us perhaps to write our own song, uh, uh, as we sometimes are found in the throes of the consequences of our own sin, and um, uh, but, but we're going to look at that here. So those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Uh, Psalm 106 reports sadly that national Israel was rarely faithful to her covenant agreement with God. For those of you that are familiar with the Old Testament, very simply put, God made an agreement with a group of people. And uh, that agreement was, if you serve me, I'll bless you and prosper you. Uh, but if you fail to serve me, if you, are, you have other interests and that becomes clearly apparent, uh, then I will chasten you as a father chastens her son. And, and we know that group of people to be national Israel. Um, but what Psalm 106, as, as the psalmist repeats the history of the nation of Israel against the backdrop of that agreement, uh, is this, is that she seemed to never be able to learn from her history. Uh, She, in fact, dealt fast and loose with her glory, with her glory. Um, You know, the word glory, uh, we're going to focus on that. We'll say a little bit more about that here in a minute. But we're familiar with the idea that God has glory. Passages like Exodus 16... Chapter 24 and chapter 33, they're all passages that introduce us to God's glory through the lens of national Israel. You can look at those passages on your own. But a truth that you may not often think about is that you too have glory. You too have glory. Now we need to understand that this glory is very different from God's glory. His glory is inherent, and it's self-referencing. He is the source of all glory in the universe. He's glory's source. It is a glory that is exclusively worthy of worship. Isaiah chapters 42, and, uh, and then looking back at our verses 8 and 12, teach us that clearly. The glory that you and I have... Uh, is derivative, if I can use that word. It's not anything we have inherently, but it's something that's been bestowed upon us, and our task is to steward that. It's to steward. it. It's derivative. And it's properly employed when uh, we take our glory and we orient it to and reference God. You know, the Bible teaches that both men and women can give glory. You can read that in Joshua 7 in 1 Samuel 6, in Jeremiah 13, and then all the way in the New Testament in Acts 12. They not only give glory, but men and women can glory in things. In 1 Chronicles 16, we see that same idea, and it's really unpacked throughout the rest of Scripture. The question for us this morning, like it is for the nation of Israel or was for the nation of Israel is do we too play fast and loose with the stewardship of glory that God has given to us? Do we play fast and loose with it like the nation of Israel did? Now in our passage, I want you to, to highlight uh, three specific verses. The word glory is used three times. I want you to see it in verse, in verse number five. In verse number five, Uh, we read these words at the end there, that I may glory with your inheritance. So verse number 5, I want you to see it there. I want you to see it in verse number 20, where we read these tragic words, thus they exchanged their glory. This is the nation of Israel. And then finally, in verse 47, where we sort of have the unraveling, of where the psalmist currently was and and the lessons to be learned. We have our word again, and glory in thy praise. So we have this glory with with your inheritance, an exchange of glory, and then glorying in your praise. So this morning, we're going to look at this psalm through the lens of the idea of glory. The idea of the glory that certainly the nation of Israel possessed, And every man and woman possesses because they've been created in the image of God. And again, the question is, are we stewarding well the glory that God has given us, that God has given us? Now, first we learn that your glory or glory that God has given us has God-intended companions, God-intended companions. Now, we've already read that. You see that the goal uh, for the psalmist is that I may glory with your inheritance, with your inheritance we we take this, or this idea is developed in verses one through five. the god intended companions for the psalmist were those who were God's inheritance, not just the nationally elect the whole nation of Israel, although it was hoped that they too would be a part of God's personal election of them unto salvation. So what this isn't just now, the psalmist' interests on the other side. Within the consequences of the failure of the nation of Israel, he longed to be with those, certainly within the nation of Israel, but specifically with those who themselves had put their faith and trust in Jehovah alone. In our terms, we would say, who have put their faith and trust in Jesus alone. In Jesus alone. These are those who know God's character. We read this up in verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. These are they who who keep his promise, uh, uh, or, or they know the character of God. They know Him as one who keeps His promises. Regardless, we take this from the word Lord. You'll see in your translation that it is in all capitals. This is Jehovah. This is the idea here: is that God keeps His promises. So, so, so we want to glory with those who believe that this is this God of the Bible is the one who keeps His promises. They know God to be good. We read that here in this passage. He's good. We read that God's loving kindness, that he is loyal in his loving kindness. And, and we, we read these amazing words for his loving kindness is everlasting. His love is not, is not, um, uh, is not um, like your love and my love where it's sort of up and down and, and sort of dependent. No, God's love is loyal. And it's loyal forever. This is an amazing uh, a group of people who, who believe this and trust this and understand by experience that this is the true and living God, the God of the Bible. Um, he's, he's faithful, everlasting. Uh, these are those who give thanks for that character. These are people who who recognize that even more than the work of God is the very character of God that's worthy of, of, of my worship, of, of the investment of the glory that I have to give. Um, these are they uh, who speak for God with integrity. I really picked this up from verses two and three where, where the psalmist says, Who can speak? Who can show forth? And the ellipsis there, what's missing is, Who can properly do this? Who can, who can do this well? Who can do this? Who can do this? Well, it's those in verse three who become like God. There's something that's a part of their their habit and practice all the time. And and what this means is they're not perfect. That's not the point, but their their lives have been so changed. Their lives have been so dominated by the God of heaven and in our terminology through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ that that they had their lives can be characterized with this habit and practice. Uh, that they are righteous, they're righteous at all times, they're righteous at all times. these are those who properly direct their glory to what glorifies God, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation at this time, the God of heaven rejoiced in national Israel, or at least in the the ideal of the nation of Israel, and that I may glory with those people again he says. So instead of glorying in something else, instead of glorying in his own personal and self-centered interests, no, he he longed to see the prosperity of the chosen ones uh, of God. He he rejoiced when God's people rejoiced, and uh, the glory enjoyed by God, who enjoys and defines uh, glory as His. So so in other words, he 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 was encouraged and uplifted when God was encouraged and uplifted. You know, if I could use this as an illustration, you know, our name, our reputation, like glory, is a derivative characteristic. You know, you're born into a family. You have a family name. Uh, That family name has a reputation. And obviously, it either needs to be embraced or certainly some need to be repaired. Obviously, we're not talking about the repaired kind in God. You know, parents often seek to remind children that bad company corrupts good morals. This is an attempt of parents to help children steward and maintain a good reputation. The book of Proverbs reminds us that a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Um, So they want to preserve a good name. They want children to understand the value of a good name. They want them to place the glory, if you will, of that name and value it, put it in the right place and value it correctly. Um, You know, when I was growing up... um, in elementary school, we're really in kind of late elementary school, there became a, a real clear path and divide uh, at Menor Christian School. Uh, uh, even in Christian school, you know, as, as, as blessed as it was to attend, it became clear that there were those who weren't necessarily interested in serving or being interested in things of God and the Lord, and there were those who were. And it became very important at, at some critical times in life that choices would be correctly made, where identification would be made with that correct group of people. And in doing that, uh, I believe that we were stewarding God's glory well. We were, we were pursuing and looking for people who valued and interest the things of God. So can I ask you this? Who is it that you delight in being around? Can I say this too? Our glory is on the right path, that glory that, that we're to be stewarding that comes from God it's on the right path and is evidenced when we delight in those who are God's inheritance do you know who's God's inheritance do you know how to identify them I hope you do dear church and I know you do And many of you who are discipling back and forth are, are, are certainly pursuing that God intends your glory to have a posse if you will he, he wants it to have an entourage he doesn't want you you don't have to do this alone Uh, but you do have to identify yourself you do at times have to bear the shame and the difficulty that comes along with identifying with the people of god but here the psalmist as he's dealing with the consequences of the history of ill-placed glory he's remembering that oh i long to glory with your inheritance i long to glory um so the second thing we want to learn well the first thing we want to learn is is glory has an entourage a proper uh, a group uh number two here though this morning we want to see that your glory has tragic sinful habits um or or, or what we do with our glory we can maybe think of it this way our glory app or or yeah our glory apparatus um can be uh severely uh broken um uh, for those who haven't trusted God haven't had that restoration, uh, or it can be it can need great maintenance by those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus. Now, the nation of Israel uh, obviously sadly um, uh, had had sinful tragic habits of misplacing their glory. You know this next large section that that takes us uh, really from verse six all the way uh, through verse forty three is really just the, the, the recitation of eight distinguishable sins, eight distinguishable um, habits that demonstrated that the nation of Israel was playing fast and loose with the glory that God had given them to steward. And these eight distinguishable sins are given to us over three very distinct periods in the nation of Israel. The first period is the period of Exodus, Exodus. Um, Verse 7, here we jump into it. We, we see the confession of the psalmist. In verse 6, we have sinned like our fathers. We have committed iniquity. <clears throat> we have behaved wickedly. That's going to become important in our conclusion. <clears throat> How? What's the way back? But here in verse 7, our fathers in Egypt did not understand thy wonders. They did not remember your loving kindness, and they rebelled. There's the word. That's sin number one, rebellion. Rebellion is a function of those who have uh, who, who care nothing of locating their glory properly, or it's a function of those who have initially attempted to locate that glory properly but have sort of become disinterested and have had other interests. you say, well, what are some of those interests? Well, uh, or, or the failure was they didn't understand God's, God's wonders. They had just seen the amazing plagues cripple a world empire, the nation of Egypt, And they did not remember God's abundant kindness. And and as God crippled that world empire, he enriches the nation of Israel. People are literally throwing money at them as they're leaving, hoping to hurry them up out of the the country so that God, would, Jehovah, would not continue to plague the nation. Um, And we have this wonderful nevertheless. This is the first time this word is used. We're going to look back at it again. But here, nevertheless, and then we hear in verse 8, for the sake of his name, for the sake of God's name. Uh, that's interesting that, that, that uh, there wasn't any belief, there wasn't any right glory placing at this point. The nation is grumbling. Uh, they're, they're pretty much at the sea. They're, uh, they, 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 they have failed in remembering. They've failed in giving the proper value to and understanding to God's wonders. Uh, and, and the reality was... uh uh, egypt you know wasn't a friendly place they weren't there to embrace them and some of the uh, the people in the nation of israel would argue that that was a safe place but there was no safety in egypt the egyptians hated the nation of israel they held them in bondage and forced slavery Uh, egyptians were truly a sworn enemy to the nation of israel what was israel's response well uh, they finally believe. The psalmist tells us after the fact, they sing praises. We see that. Uh, uh, verse number 8, nevertheless, he saves them for the sake of his name. Um, verse 10, so he saved them. The waters cover their adversaries. We remember that story. They're drowned. Um, and then verse 12, and then they believed. Okay, so after the fact, uh, they finally believe and they sing some praises. Commentators note, though, how short-lived... The weak uh, and weak, a faith that comes after the fact, truly is. For as soon as uh, they went into the wilderness, and this is now verses uh, uh, 13 through 32 now, they're going into the wilderness. Um, verse 20 is the summary. They exchange their glory. So, so a faith that, that fails in difficulty but eventually comes round. it appears as a very weak faith. Um, that's why uh, the church is a is a body of people who are all about perseverance. They're all about endurance, a strong faith, a faith that goes into the trial and and is determined beforehand to make it through by God's grace. and And uh, Jesus said, "Hey, look, I've told you everything. In comparison to the nation of Israel, dear church, you know everything." And uh, and He's talking about. All things pertaining to life and godliness. So we even have an advantage over our uh, national Israel, our, our sort of sister faith organization. Uh, but uh, in the wilderness, the nation of Israel did the same. Uh, they exchanged uh, a weak their weak faith. Didn't well prepare them. Um, we see in verses 13 through 15, they commit the sin of discontent. They quickly forget. They don't wait. They crave intensely. All they had was manna, manna, manna. Oh, for the leeks and garlics of Egypt again. Meat, meat, meat is what they want. They crave it intensely. God gave it to them, but he sends them a wasting to disease with the hope of chastising them, of disciplining them back to a faith that would persevere and endure. What is the Lord's concern in verses 13 through 15? Well, they had misplaced their glory, their glory was their belly in verses 13 through 15. In verses 16 to 18, they became envious of Moses' leadership and Aaron's leadership. You know, this was leadership that Aaron and Moses, neither of them wanted. But God had given it to them, and, and they, they embraced it now. And, 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 um, uh, but oh, how it stoked the furnace of envy in the hearts of the company of Abraham, I believe is the name here, the sons of Korah as well, struggled with this. The Lord's concern was their glory was their lust for power. They, instead of following the God-ordained leadership, they lusted for their own power. And then verses 19 through 23, idolatry. Idolatry. Uh, they forgot God their Savior, uh, the one who had done wonders in Egypt, awesome things, and they exchanged their glory. Wow. They exchanged their glory for the image of an ox that eats grass. You know, lest we look down our noses at the nation of Israel and say, oh, how can you do that? Well, Romans 1 reminds us that this is the condition of every man and woman outside of Jesus Christ. This is what we do. We habitually, outside of Christ, as lost men and women in the world, if you're watching us this morning, uh, this was what I was before I came to Christ. I was a glory exchanger. We read these words. Um, verse 18 in Romans 1 For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident. For God makes it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his attributes are known and clearly seen. But then the Bible says this in Romans 1. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God. They played fast and loose with the glory that God had given them. They became futile in their speculations. Their foolish hearts are darkened, professing to become they, professing to be wise, right? This always seems like the right idea in, in, na- in the national Israel's conscience. They always think this is the right idea thinking themselves wise they're actually fools this is the same thing i was outside of christ and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible god for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and of four-footed animals and of crawling creatures this is the state of everyone outside of jesus christ this is what i was before i came to jesus now it may not have been a four footed beast but it was a two-legged biped it was me I had given my glory to myself, to my own self-interest. And that is just as tragic, maybe even more complicatingly tragic, than those who give it to worship an idol of some fashion or form that they've created with their own hands. So what's the Lord's concern that they exchanged glory? In verses 24 through 27, they despised the wonderful thing God had given them. Uh, They don't believe his word about it. This was the land uh, 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 in verse 24 um, let me just double check that and they despised, yes the pleasant land <laughs> unbelievable they grumbled in their tents so they affected the next generation their homes and families were given over to grumbling about the gift that God had given them the very gift of the land itself they did not listen to his warnings. The Lord's concern here is they would not glory, and the things God had said were glorious. The thing that God had said was the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, houses that they wouldn't have to build, lands and crops that they could harvest that they didn't have to plant. This was God's longing and desire. Verses 28 through 31, apostasy. They joined themselves to an idol and worshipped dead and death. They give sacrifice to these things. Um, Phineas is named here as the hero. I'd encourage you to read Phineas's life. Uh, he's a few, few verses there in the Old Testament. Uh, there are heroes, but they're hard to understand. They get so worked up about all this glory stuff, glory going to God. And, and, and obviously when the culture is given over to giving glory to self or giving glory to something else other than God, These people get worked up, and Phineas did. But he's remembered. He's remembered, and words that were said of Abraham are profoundly said of Phineas, and they're only said of these two. Uh, Righteousness credited into their account. Amazing. So the Lord's concern is they took their glory and completely turned it upside down. They gloried in death, thinking it to be the greatest power of the universe. Death is not the greatest power in the universe. The God of heaven is. Our dear friend Joe Jackson has has conquered death in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, Death is not the greatest power in the universe, dear friends, dear brothers and sisters. It's merely a transportation device for those who are in Christ, and it is an awful invader on the human experience. It is an invader. But the Lord Jesus Christ has fixed it for those of you who don't know Jesus and uh, to be absent from the body can be assuredly present with the Lord, if you so desire that. So then we come into uh, in, we have insurrection verses 32 to 33. There the Lord's concern, uh, the poor glory stewardship ruins it, even for those who are trying to properly steward glory. Moses is tanked essentially because the nation played fast and loose with the glory that God had given them. And then we come into the promised land here. Uh, the the tragic statement is they mingled with the nations Um, a lot can be said about here they literally they literally sacrificed their children the blood of their children was spent on the very land that god had gifted them with as they pursued idolatrous worship um You know, the land was God's gift to the nation. It was to be kept pure and pristine. He wanted only righteous things to be done on this land. He wanted justice and equity on this land. He longed for a place of rest and prosperity on this land. He despised the terrorization of the citizenry, of those under horrific totalitarian control, all energized demonically by these idols. But instead... They filed the idols. They murdered their own children and spilt the blood of their own children on this land. They're human sacrifices, folks. It got that bad. Now the land would need to be cleansed. It would need to have its Sabbath rest. So the nation of Israel would need to be carried out so the land could rest. So exchanging what God intended your glory to seek, to pursue... exchanging it for whatever we just read eight or nine different possibilities it completely turns glory over on its head it puts in your god-created glory apparatus if i can put it that way what god never intended to be there it's like putting water in a gas tank now water has a place and Many of these things, though, that we've read have no place. But there are some even good things um, that we can, you know, things that people think are good. We can put into our glory apparatus, our love for country, our, our love for, for wealth and prosperity, our love for uh, a legacy in, in our children and grandchildren, our 401Ks, our, our careers, you know, these, some of these things are, are certainly good insofar as they go, but they cannot, they cannot dominate and locate the glory apparatus, the glory that God has given for you to steward. That belongs to the God of heaven alone. That belongs to him alone. Uh, instead of your glory reaching for the stars of God's glorious affections, it wallows in the mud of self-interests. In so doing, it inflicts everything it touches with the consequences of a glory apparatus that wheeze, coughs, and spews rather than operating pristinely, persistently, habitually on the things that bring God glory. You know, Israel's history is a commentary on those who exchange their glory in pursuit of the earthly I want to be like this world with all her temporal interests kind of person. These choices have real consequences, and happily, it is never too late to do right, as our pastor reminds us. In verses 44 through 48, we have this wonderful nevertheless. Uh, Unlike the nevertheless we read in verse 8, this nevertheless uh, is the nevertheless of God's pity upon those whom he's even disciplining in captivity. And now he's going to do something and preserve them for their sake because he knows without that preservation who would stand, who would stand. He remembers the covenant for their sake. You know, in conclusion, and you can read that for yourself, the question that that we have is, is the truth that certainly... It's never too late to do right. Uh, Our text says uh, God relents according to the greatness of his loving kindness. He makes even people like these, like us, the objects of his compassion. You can read that at the end there. Even in the presence of their captors, uh, we can thank God that his glory is always perfectly self-referencing. So even when he's disciplining us, he doesn't glory in disciplining us and just pushing our face into the ground. No, he references himself again, and he finds there the possibility of mercy and love. And and for those of you who are visiting us for the first time as we've recounted the history of the nation of Israel and misplaced glory, just know that God, as he deals in this time of truth, He's given us the New Testament. He tells you the truth about who you are. He tells you that you are a sinner, that apart from the substitutionary work of the Lord Jesus Christ, his son, you have no hope of fixing your glory apparatus, and you will continue to live a life that may be enjoyable for a season, but one day will be held to account Jesus' perfect life has accrued all the righteousness you'll ever need to live in the presence of God, and his death has satisfied God's wrath for your sin. The pastor talks about the idea of we're broken, and what's broken about us is our glorying apparatus. and We put it in all the wrong places. But Jesus can fix that, and he can restore that. And So we would invite you to put your faith and trust in Jesus alone, to, to read the Gospel of John, to understand who Jesus is and to simply receive him by faith there's no religion there's no work it's just simply a gift the gift of faith and repentance are being offered to you right now don't spurn those gifts receive them put your faith in Jesus alone for your eternal destiny and repent of your sin and make Jesus the boss if I can put that it that way of your life today put him on the throne of your glorying apparatus and I guarantee you will enjoy the life that Jesus desires for you to enjoy. You will know that, that rest and peace and that, yes, he's going to lay a burden on you of obedience to his word. Uh, but that burden is going to be light, and we're so thankful for that. Believer, how about you? You know, you, you've got to maintenance that glory apparatus. And uh, hopefully this morning has given you some things to think about. You know the the what what really belongs at the center of that glorying apparatus is the affections of God. You know, learning to love what God loves, learning to pursue the holiness that God longs for us to pursue, and and not being frustrated by the process. Certainly we sin. Certainly we have an advocate in the Lord Jesus Christ. But folks, uh, the hunger and the thirst is to fellowship with the god of heaven through jesus and that fellowship grows more sweet as we become more and more like jesus more and more like god through the power of the holy spirit as he helps us to understand his word so may the lord bless us as we work hard at maintenancing that glorying apparatus that we have that we wouldn't play fast and loose with it but we'll give it to god uh, will pursue the values that he pursue. The Lord bless you. Thank you so much again for allowing us into your living room. And uh, with this we'll conclude and uh, we look forward to seeing you back tonight. Uh, Lord bless you. Have a great afternoon.